0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: Story just recently, the Wayne Gretzky rookie cart, which, ah, oh my goodness, I'm sure I must have had that as a kid. Probably ended up in, uh, in a bike spoke or something. 1.29 million dollars. For this card, and by the way, that's the jersey the Oilers should wear is the one that uh, Wayne's wearing in that uh, that Opeachie card, turned out from that uh, factory in London, Ontario. But it's not just uh, a Wayne Gretzky thing. In fact, there was just a record-setting thirty-three million dollar auction that saw some record highs for nineteen eighty-six Michael Jordan rookie cards: seven hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. Uh, 2017, Patrick Mahomes signed rookie card, $861,000. So what's behind the, the boom in this particular commodity? A lot of different factors involved. I mean, look, the price of these uh, these cards is whatever anyone's willing to pay for them, right? But there's uh, certainly a demand and certainly a willingness to, to pay a premium. So joining us to talk a bit more about uh, what we make of all of this and why we're seeing uh, some of these prices drive up on these uh, collectibles, very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, uh, Dave uh, Amerman. He's uh, auction director with Golden Auctions. That's G-O-L-D-I-N. And this is uh, their forte. Dave, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
0: Oh, Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I mean there, there's there's a lot that goes into this, right? There's the nostalgia, there's the the fascination, there's just, you know, the the investment, the commodity side of it. So what what's at play here, Dave? Why are we seeing these these prices, these numbers going up so much? I've been
0: studying memorabilia for a very long time and I've always been fascinated by the dollars that you can bring in and the money you can make. Uh, For a lot of people, that's kind of the driving factor behind collectibles. Of course, there's the emotional connection. But I think what's occurred is uh, when the pandemic hit and swept the nation last year, a lot of people were kind of stuck at home and online and not spending money out to eat and other things like that. And the markets were so unstable. And with all these other alternative investments becoming popular with cryptocurrencies and all sorts Mm -hmm. of different things like that. Uh, I think collectibles kind of took the forefront because it's very easy to see these price increases and it captures people's attention. They see an item that sold for $5,000 $5,000 18 months ago, like the Patrick Mahomes rookie, and they see it going for 800000 plus, they have to say, I need to get involved into that. These returns are incredible. So we're not just looking at this any longer from a child's collecting hobby, although it's important to bring the children in and get them involved. Still, uh, this has become an adult's uh, money-making uh, passion and, and uh, ability to take a hedge fund and invest alternatively and in something you can actually touch and feel and hold and even more so connect with. You know the player on the item, on the cards, so you're willing to buy them because you know they're the best of the best. And um, I just think with people seeing the markets unstable and, and the prices increasing on cards, it's been causing a huge surplus of demand. And then obviously the supply is constant. So as the supply decreases and the demand... Uh, Increases the values have gone through the roof. Like this Michael Jordan card you mentioned, we sold for seven hundred thirty-eight thousand. We sold that same card a month earlier for two hundred thousand, and that wow. card last the year prior was selling for thirty thousand. So it just people want to get involved and ride the wave upwards.
1: Okay, so if, we, if if supply and demand are at play here, in terms of the supply, because I would imagine that a few months ago or even a couple of years ago. The, the supply was probably more or less the, the same to what it is now, right? It's not as though a bunch of these cards have suddenly vanished.
0: Uh, absolutely. This is not a case of, especially with the Michael Jordan rookie, this isn't a case of the Mickey Mantle rookie that got dumped into the ocean because they were the later series of 1952 cards and the 53s were coming out and all these stores had a surplus and the factories needed to dump them in the ocean. This is more of these cards, like the Wayne Goretzky rookie, for example. We sold the Wayne Goretzky rookie uh, for a record at the time five years ago, 400000 That's the same card that went for $1.2 here five years later. And when mm. we did that, the amount of phone calls we got, I have one, I have one, was incredible. Everybody seemed to have them. But the condition of those cards is what separates the $500 card from the $500,000 card. So while there might be thousands of these cards, Michael Jordan Rookie, for example, in an eight condition, there's 7,700 of them. However, in a 10 condition, there's only 300. So there's still very limited supply when you look at it but the difference is if there's a hundred thousand buyers in the hobby five years ago and now there's a hundred million or i mean there's a standard a substantial increase in the in the buyer then obviously those three hundred items have that much more value because they're being sought after by so many more people and that's kind of what's what's really driving that uh, increase but there also is another thing taken into effect you have a manufactured scarcity now when a 2017 pack of football cards comes out, and you can pull the Patrick Mahomes in every box, but now let's make one numbered to 100. Let's put an autograph on one, make it numbered to 50. Let's make a special one with a diamond numbered to one. Now you have to search and find the one-of-one, one, which is manufactured. And Some mm-hmm. of these companies, they make 10 one-of-ones per per brand, per product. So it's a manufactured scarcity. But what we saw with Mike Trout rookie card uh, earlier last year, there we sold it for $3.8 million. It surpassed a Honus Wagner card, which was the all-time highest. It's the iconic collectible. Wayne Gretzky even owned one uh, at one point. When we start seeing the manufactured one-of-ones in a product that's only 10 years old, selling for $4 million, it's They keep producing these products, and now we're seeing items coming out of the packs at a million dollars. It's really incredible.
1: I wonder, too, with Michael Jordan, I mean, you know, we we were all, I think, watching uh, The Last Dance and and quite an incredible look back at, uh, you know, the Jordan years and the the dynasty in Chicago. I think even with LeBron James and what he's accomplished, it's reopened that whole debate about, you know, Jordan versus LeBron and and who's the greatest. Do, Do those kind of factors play into this, do you think?
0: They do to an extent. It's uh, it's not always about who's better. Um, obviously, the documentary coming out with Jordan, the new generation was introduced to Michael Jordan, perhaps for the first time. I personally grew up watching Michael Jordan, so for me, the documentary wasn't really anything new. But for maybe some of my clients who are in their early twenties who have great jobs or have some money to spend, they never really intimately got to know Michael Jordan. They might have been born at the end of his career and didn't really watch him as a as a real small child so they got to live it for the first time which then allowed them to be connected to Jordan items again because they got to feel like they watched Jordan so when you can watch a player and you can connect with them and then obviously with LeBron who goes out and he's just doing things that are unheard of and same with Brady and same with Mahomes when when players start to do these all-time great things. Everybody just, they want to get in and, and buy those those people's items. So it definitely drives values to new heights. And I think people in this hobby, they kind of follow the pack. So when something sells for $100,000 and you're looking going, that's crazy, then all of a sudden another one comes out and it does it again because it's no longer crazy, because it's what's being done. So because the supply of the items, maybe more than one. Uh, A -a one-of-a-kind item, a Wayne Gretzky rookie jersey that's been stashed away in a locker for 30 years and it comes to sale, there's no way to price it. So you can't really say, okay, it's worth X, Y, or Z. But every time a trading card sells and then it sells for more and more and more, now all of a sudden you can say, I feel comfortable spending 100000 because it's going to sell for two because I have four sales that show that it's sold for two. So a lot of that is is the, um, the amount of people spending this kind of money. Um, and the new money that's come into the market, there are, uh, there are fund managers and, and investors that maybe aren't even collectors at all. They just look and say, okay, this item is worth X. I think it's worth Y. And it's not even their money they're spending. So they're able to spend even more than the average fan uh, of you know of. Twenty years ago
1: i would imagine too as these numbers go up it's kind of like chum in the water the the sharks the counterfeiters get a get a hint of the get a whiff of of all of this money and i mean that that's an issue when it comes to collectibles it's not new but do you find that there's any kind of a correlation between these prices and and what people are trying to get away with
0: there's Always been that factor in collecting. Unfortunately, it's something that is just a natural temptation. And in this hobby, it's a uh, signed piece of memorabilia. Oh wow! I can sign someone's name on that. And I can make money. You know, so the temptation is very, very apparent. Luckily, with collectibles now, it's not. It's not policed within the general sense of the term, but it's policed within the hobby. So at least you have an authenticator. And that's kind of why the values go up. You have a professional sports authenticator who grades a trading card and says this is authentic. This is a 10. It's in mint condition. You have an autograph authenticator who says this autograph is apparently authentic and we're going to put our name behind it and we're forensic experts. So you have these experts who are helping solidify the legitimacy of collectibles, and with that, it's the probability of it being genuine will increase the value. If I have a jersey and I feel like LeBron may have worn it, I might spend a certain amount. But if I have a jersey with new technology that I have a high-resolution photograph, and I can pinpoint the holes on that jersey to the holes on an image online, and say LeBron wore this in the second half of the game on January 3rd, and he scored 12 points in that jersey, now all of a sudden, the probability of use becomes definitive, and I'd be willing to spend five times more just knowing that my collectibles are authentic. So while the gates are still opened, I feel in the 80s and 90s when the policing wasn't Prevalent, and there wasn't authenticators. A lot of collectibles that I see now that come in, maybe a doctor in the 80s and 90s was spending his whole life savings on this, and I I get the collection Mm -hmm. from his children after he passed. And 90% of it's no good. At least now, when you buy from an auction house like a Golden Auctions, who we have professionals and in here vetting the products that come through, as opposed to just buying randomly online, and you buy them with the authentications. At least you know that several people have looked at these items and that these will eliminate a lot of the counterfeiters because even though guys can crack those cases open they can glue them back together put a fake card in there we've seen it all so we at least know What we're looking for and that's another reason why you'd go to maybe an auction house that has people working there inspecting the products as opposed to someone who might be counterfeiting something overseas and they're getting good they can manufacture these cards they can manufacture these cases so it is hard to check but sometimes if we get a million dollar item in we might send it back to the authenticator who already authenticated just to reevaluate it because (laughs) Nobody wants to be on the hook on the other end of that sale, and nor do we, and it's reputation, and it's also money that we might not be able to go after the guy after he's disappeared
1: and it's funny too as you think about where this is all going because if we were talking about a stock like you know people going crazy with that GameStop stock I mean people are Mm. buying a stock to eventually sell a stock when it comes to a collectible sure some people might say if I buy it now I can sell it for more later but there's also those people who are buying it because you know I love Wayne Gretzky or I love Michael Jordan I I want this I want this item you know I want to hang it in my basement or display it on, on a shelf so it does change the dynamics somewhat doesn't it in terms of predicting where all This is going to go
0: right. Absolutely, and that's where people can get in trouble a little bit too, because there's emotional element to collectibles. Where there's not really that emotional connection as much to maybe investing in a company. Now you might want to invest in a company that you use their products so you're willing to invest into that company's stock. but with collectibles, you might just be a fan of somebody that everybody else hates. I think we all have that player that we can root for that We just know he's not a big name, nobody really knows him, but we love him or I love him and I might go out and spend thousands or hundreds of dollars on his product and in my mind, I'm comparing him to a Michael Jordan or to one of the best of the best of Lebron and he's really not there, you know, so I'm overspending. And then when you do that and you have that emotional connection, then you realize, wow, I'm just, you know, I love it. I'm never going to sell it. Let's hang it on the wall. And at least now, let's make sure I buy something that I really care about. Because when my children eventually inherited, they might say, what the heck was dad doing? You know, so there's, <laughs> exactly. there's definitely that component to it. But on the reverse side of that, absolutely. Uh, someone could have a priceless item. They were not willing to let go for uh, sentimental reasons. And it's only appreciating and value as a result as well because you're not letting it out of your hands into anyone else it's not on the open market so it's it's an interesting element
1: really is well much more on all this is mentioned golden auctions that's g-o-l-d-i-n GoldenAuctions.com. auctions.com dave appreciate the insight on all this thanks so much for make some time for us here
0: all right. My pleasure. Thanks for having
1: me. All right. Cheers. Take care. Uh, That's uh, Dave Amerman. He's uh, auction director with Golden Auctions. So, yeah, they were involved in this auction that saw that Jordan rookie card go for a record price, that Patrick uh, Mahomes-signed rookie card go for a record price. We just had the Gretzky rookie card go for a record price. And as he said, they were involved in an auction just a few years ago. It was nowhere near that that price then. So there's not a rational reason why... You know, these prices are going through the roof like this, but then I suppose you can argue that inherently there's not a rational reason why there should be a a price like this at all, right? There's no reason why uh, hockey cards that were purchased for, you know, 50 cents a pack, whatever, 30 years ago should really be worth anything beyond what you bought them for, but because it's all emotional, it's all sentimental. Sure, there's, you know, supply and demand, there's the rarity of some of these, but ultimately this is. You know, a, a little piece of paper with somebody's picture on it. we got to take a break here, though. Uh, much more still to get to. Rob Breckenridge with you here on the Chorus Radio. Right we got to take a break here, though. Uh, much more still to get to. Rob Breckenridge with you here on the Chorus Radio. Right
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.